Hello and welcome to Morning Prayer at St. Paul's Lutheran Church in Edison, New Jersey. Today is Thursday and this is the second week since the Epiphany. We begin our time of prayer in silence. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall proclaim your praise. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Alleluia. Give glory to God, our light and our life. O come, let us worship and praise. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before God's presence with thanksgiving and raise a loud shout to the Lord with psalms. For you, Lord, are a great God and a great ruler above all gods. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. In your hand are the caverns of the earth. The heights of the hills are also yours. The sea is yours, for you made it, and your hands have molded the dry land. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. For the Lord is our God, and we are the people of God's pasture and the sheep of God's hand. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Give glory to God, our light and our life. O come, let us worship and praise. Long ago, God spoke to our ancestors in many and various ways by the prophets, but in these last days God has spoken to us by a son. A reading from 1 Kings chapter 6. So Solomon built the house and finished it. He lined the walls of the house on the inside with boards of cedar, from the floor of the house to the rafters of the ceiling. He covered them on the inside with wood, and he covered the floor of the house with boards of cypress. He built twenty cubits of the rear of the house with boards of cedar from the floor to the rafters, and he built this within an inner sanctuary as the most holy place. The house, that is, the nave in front of the inner sanctuary, was forty cubits long. The cedar within the house had carvings of gourds and open flowers, all with cedar, no stone was seen. The inner sanctuary he prepared in the innermost part of the house to set there the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. The interior of the the inner sanctuary was 20 cubits long, 20 cubits wide, and 20 cubits high. He overlaid it with pure gold. He also overlaid the altar with cedar. Solomon overlaid the inside of the house with pure gold. Then he drew chains of gold across in front of the inner sanctuary and overlaid it with gold. Next, he overlaid the whole house with gold, in order that the whole house might be perfect. Even the whole altar that belonged to the inner sanctuary, he overlaid with gold. The temple is magnificent and beautiful. It is a tremendous project. Think of the number of people who worked on it creating the stone cuttings for the outside, the wood to line the inside, gold overlays, furnishings, carvings. makes one wonder if Israel had to wait until Solomon's reign, the height of this nation's wealth and power, before they would be able to construct so magnificent of a temple. 
On the other hand, it also makes one wonder why, since this was a people so deeply devoted to the Lord their God, the one God who had rescued them from slavery of Egypt and given them this land as their inheritance, why it had taken them until the rise of a monarchy before they finally built a temple. When Israel returns from exile in Babylon, 500 years or so after Solomon, the first thing the returning exiles do is rebuild Jerusalem's walls and build the temple of the Lord. When Israel returns from exile, they have no king. Instead, they're subjects to the king of Persia, but they build a temple to unite them as a people and as a sign of renewal of the covenant between Israel and the Lord God, the hope that God will once again come to dwell among them. So, why didn't Israel construct a temple in the time of the judges? Why does it become the vision project of David and then David's son? Perhaps it all goes back to Israel's very mixed feelings about both king and temple as fixed and central institutions in their life. Remember, the promise God makes with Israel is that the Lord God will be their king and will pitch a tent and dwell among them. Each tribe and family is given a small piece of the inheritance of the promise, a role in the kingdom, and each is equal in that they are each God's covenant people. The rise of the king and now the building of this temple disrupts and displaces those understandings of this relationship between God and God's people. Now a king and a temple with its fixed location and rituals come between God and God's people. Jesus' coming reverses the whole movement, though. In Jesus, God comes directly into the lives of people, pitches a tent, and dwells among them once again. That tabernacle is now the body of Christ. In Jesus, God reclaims the throne. Jesus is both king and temple. But this king and temple is no longer walked away in Jerusalem. As we go out into the world today, we go out as a piece of God's presence in the world. And when we gather with others in the Holy Spirit, wherever that may be, the Lord pitches a tent, a tabernacle in the world, as a witness to the coming of God's kingdom and the presence of God who rules over this world. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. Blessed are you, Lord, the God of Israel. You have come to your people and set them free. You have raised up for us a mighty Savior, born of the house of your servant David, In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. Through your holy prophets, you promised of old to save us from our enemies, from the hands of all who hate us, to show mercy to our forebears and to remember your holy covenant. This was the oath you swore to our father Abraham, to set us free from the hands of our enemies, free to worship you without fear, holy and righteous before you all the days of our life. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. And you, child, shall be called prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare the way, to give God's people knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us, to shine on those who dwell in darkness in the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Mighty God of mercy, we thank you for the resurrection dawn, bringing the glory of our risen Lord who makes every day new. Especially we thank you for the sustaining goodness of your creation, for the new creation in Christ and all gifts of healing and forgiveness, for the communion of faith in your church, for the gift of relationship with others. 
Merciful God of might, renew this weary world. Heal the hurts of all of your children and bring about your peace for all in Christ Jesus, the living Lord. Especially this morning, we pray for the Church of Jesus Christ in every land, for the ministries, the leaders, and the people of St. Paul's Lutheran Church, for those who govern the nations of the world, for people in countries ravaged by strife or warfare, for all who work to bring about peace and international harmony, for all who strive to save the earth from carelessness and destruction. Almighty and everlasting God, you have brought us in safety to this new day. Preserve us with your mighty power that we may not fall into sin nor be overcome in adversity. In all we do, direct us to the fulfilling of your purpose, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless you now and forever. Amen. Go forth into the world to serve God with gladness. Be of good courage. Hold fast to that which is good. Render to no one evil for evil. Strengthen the faint-hearted. Support the weak. Help the afflicted. Honor all people. Love and serve God, rejoicing in the power of the Holy Spirit. Thanks be to God.